0: You're listening to Hey Bitches Podcast, episode 98. Hey, bitches. What is up, you guys? It's your girl, Carly. Welcome back to Hey Bitches Podcast. Hope you guys are having an incredible day. I am so excited to sit down for today's episode with my incredible friend, Alicia, to talk about so many different things from TikTok to bullying and online hate, to what is an incredible conversation that I loved having with her, the idea of getting married, being in an incredible, happy, healthy relationship, and not having children, and choosing not to have children. This was an incredible conversation with Alicia. I'm so happy that we got to do this and sit down and chit-chat. She is so wonderful, a fellow Canadian gal, and I know you guys will absolutely love the episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. You guys, I'm very excited to sit down with Alicia today on the episode. You guys, I, Alicia and I've, what, well, we've known each other for probably like a year coming on now? Yep. And it's uh, most definitely a year. And so we met through TikTok and I think we bonded like really over the fact that we were both Canadian because I feel like it's really hard to find other Canadians on TikTok.
1: It's so hard. I just found a feed yesterday that was from Nova Scotia. And I'm like, look at all these people that have. All these huge platforms that I don't don't even know exist I feel like I get shown to everybody else except for Canadians.
0: Literally my all of my stats are like most of your audience is from the US da, da, da. I'm mm-hmm. like how did this even happen like I get it though, <laughs> because the US does like there's just more people so that yeah. does make sense but I'm just like every time I find somebody who is Canadian I'm like oh my god like me you Sarah Carrie I'm just like wow look at us go. I know. <laughs> Just look at us as little Canadians. Literally, I love it. So, um, for the people who are actually unfamiliar with who you are, I would love it if you introduced yourself for us.
1: Sure. I um, I always introduce myself as a nobody from Halifax, Nova Scotia, because that's very much who I feel like I am. Um, I I um, I started making TikToks a year and a bit ago, um, after I lost my job and I was in a really funky place in my life and. It has just blown up for me. I showcase my life, my relationship with my husband. I speak on self-love and body positivity. And it, it has just escalated. <laughs> That's the <laughs> easiest way to describe it. It's just escalated to this. And it is absolutely incredible. But it is very, very overwhelming. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a nobody from Halifax, Nova Scotia that has a really cool platform.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually crazy because you when we first met I think we had like similar sized audiences and now you're at what on TikTok 1.6 Yeah, yeah. So 1.6 million. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> verified so crazy. on the platform. Go ahead, we love to see it. So crazy. I also like I actually feel like it's pretty hard unless you have massive audiences as well for like to get verified as a Canadian. I don't know why. But I know I just, a lot of people with large audiences but like I find it's only the people with a million and up which like I guess makes sense in some type of way but only people with a million and up who get verification versus like in the U.S. I know so many people who have like 300k who get verification.
1: Well the platform it's, a, it's crazy because you, verification not that there's a, like an actual list but like just going through it like verification happens for like on crazy different reasons. So like you can create a really cool trend that blows up and you can then become verified for it. So you don't actually have to have like a really huge platform. You just have to be well known for something or for your platform. So I think in the United States that happens so much because the United States is so huge on the platform in general mm-hmm. that there's just so many more creators in, in that sense. And there's far more buy-in to um, the American side of TikTok than there is the Canadian side of TikTok. Like I know, creators on the american side of tiktok that like receive gifts from tiktok and receive like you know exposure from tiktok but the canadian side just it's not the same for us
0: literally Um, no one person so probably about this time last year maybe in february i was in new york and i was on a trip with um my manager and my agency and then all of the other girls we were there for fashion week and one of the girls is from the US and we had like similar audiences at the time, we still do. But TikTok had reached out to her to like fly her out to this event for um, TikTok Make Black History. And I was like, dang, I wanna go to this event, what the heck? And so, so many of my other black friends were all invited to this event and I only knew one person. I think there was like 50 creators cause this was also pre-COVID. And there was like at least 50 just like creators who were invited. And I only knew one Canadian.
1: Yeah, I I, I do think that it has a lot. To, like there's two different, like there's an American TikTok agency and a Canadian TikTok agency. So like, I know that they do dip, like separate things. I just think Canada was like late to the game. Like, I think it's been, <laughs> it's been more of an American thing. Um, But like, so I'm kind of grateful. Like I've heard really bad things about the TikTok creator fund. And you yeah, so I'm just kind of like, okay, let's, let's just allow my platform to grow authentically and I don't really have to like work. So I think a lot of Canadians have been lucky at, at like taking advantage of not being on the TikTok creator fund, like um, Call Me Chris and Selena Spooky Boo. Like their their platforms are just like growing huge, immensely. And I think that has a lot to do with there being no type of like payment plan on the actual views and, and stuff they get. So
0: I, you know what, I agree with that as well because you know I feel like I know Selena too so it's just like I feel like me you Selena um Chris I actually don't know her I'm mean, gonna have to look her up on TikTok but she's
1: um, she's one of my favorite creators on the app like once really? you find her you're yes like she creates these little skits with these cr- characters she's so so creative she creates these little skits with these characters that she's created like mom's and kids, uh, she uses tiny hands. You when my she's god. oh my god, she's um, she's literally the funniest. She's done. She just did a collaboration with Doctor Phil. She <laughs> did like yeah. So it's and like they're all distance collaborations, which is even cooler. So she like builds these scripts and sends them to people, and then creates these videos out of them. Um, but yeah, she's she's one of my favorite because she's actually like she belongs on like Saturday Night Live type of person with I how creative that. she is with her like comedy and her skits.
0: I love that. And you know what I love about, you know, me, you, Chris, Selena, all of these people with, you know, these larger platforms is because we don't have the creator fund. I think that it kind of puts us all ahead because we have to learn the business side of how influencer marketing works and how to be a full-time influencer and creator and business owner versus I find when you're in the U S and you have the creator fund, you know, if you are making that X, Y, Z amount of money a month, like you are not necessarily going outside of that to make more money or grow your brands or like make, you know, better relationships with people at PR companies or anything like that. So I think that in a way, like us not having the creator fund kind of forces us all to be better business people.
1: (laughs) A hundred percent. Like I'm building a brand now. Like this is no longer, I'm not getting paid. So when people are like, oh, do you get paid from TikTok? I'm like, no. TikTok is wonderful because it filters into my other social media, which I can make money off of, but I don't make money from tiktok i would the only thing that obviously we make money from on tiktok is just anything that's gifted through like lives and stuff for followers so Hmm. and even that i don't i like i i don't ask for that i don't i don't i'm not looking like i'm not looking for my audience for that i'd prefer more so like you said that business side like support like i'm looking for you to like like my content comment on my content share my content follow me on my other platforms like and and share those videos. Like I'm all about the free support at this point because that's what helps me build my
0: brand. Absolutely. So I know we are discussing a completely different topic today but I would love to just continue this business chat really quick before we get into it because I feel like we are actually in very similar boats of how we started becoming creators. I know you mentioned earlier that you had lost your job. Do you wanna talk about that and then how TikTok came into play? And then also now, you know. We saw you leave your job and go full time. So I would love to like talk about that whole journey.
1: Yeah, so um, it was about two and a half years ago now, almost three years. It might be almost three years. Um, wow, time flies. I walked into work on a Monday and I had been working with this company for almost eight years at this point. And my divisional manager and my VP just slid a paper on my desk that said, "Yeah, we're we're dissolving your club. We don't have anywhere to <gasps> put." We don't have anywhere to put you. I was working for a fitness facility. Um, <clears throat> They're like, we don't have anywhere to put you, so you're going with it. Here's three and a half weeks' working notice um, and a half a week's pay because that's all that was is uh, necessary in Nova Scotia. So um, I worked for three and a half weeks with all of my staff closing my facility and like breaking things down, and it was the the worst. Ex- that by far one of the worst things I've ever experienced because at this point I was just shy of my 30th birthday. I assumed that working for this company was going to be my end all be all of my life. So I, I just assumed that that's where I was going to be forever. Um, And I, four weeks later found myself without a job. So I've always been an optimist Mm -hmm. and a light at the end of the tunnel type of gal and everything happens for a reason. So I had worked since I was probably like 11 years old in after-school programs back in the day. And then kind of, I I never not worked. So I said to my husband, it was, we were going into summer and my sister was getting married and there was just lots of wonderful things happening. And I was like, do you think we can afford for me not to work? Like can uh, us going on unemployment, but like, can you, do you think you can afford for me not to work on unemployment and really figure out what I want to do? Um, So we, Decided that we had enough money saved and that he's going to work enough hours that that would work for us. So, I bought myself an iPad. I started drawing and I started like bringing in some extra revenue that way. And um, and then I started. I was on TikTok, creeping in the background like most people do right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just decided to start creating. So I I I had found this like excitement about like being who I was without being attached to this nine to five and, you know, I, I could kind of do what I want when I wanted and I could create. And I just felt so, it was so invigorating, um, but bills need to get paid and that's, you know, how it works. So I, I started a part-time job and I was working part-time bartending at like a local Legion, um, which was a blast. And so (laughs) like such an, I lived two minutes away, so I could literally walk there. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed that job, just like meeting new people and being in that fun environment and, I realized how unhappy I actually was at my job, like if I was doing this part time job and I was thoroughly enjoying like I never dreaded going to work, I never hated like l- my time when I was there, and i it really put into perspective like where I was in terms of my health and myself when I was working my that original job I lost mm-hmm. um and then i was i I did my thing through the summer, I started creating, I had one video absolutely blow up absolutely massively blow up. And I woke up one morning with like 56,000 followers. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just, we, from the minute there, like that we hit it, I remember laying in bed with Scott and being like, okay, like, I have a chance now. Like I have an opportunity for me to like create something or create a platform. And we decided laying in bed what my platform was going to be about because I was like, we needed, I need something. I need something to focus on so that I can create my, keep my content you know, in a specific direction to attract the audience that I'm looking for. And we just decided that it was going to be about self-love, about our relationship and about humor. And that's just, we ran with that. I got a I got another job. Once my unemployment was close to running out, I got just an office nine to five job. And I, I enjoyed that. I had no responsibility, but all the time I was like creating on my lunch break or leaving work right away to create. So I was kind of sharing space with this nine to five, but also what I knew I wanted to be doing. In September, I was approached by um, a management talent management agency, uh, Shine. I said, okay, let's give it a shot. We did a one month trial. And when I realized that it was what I wanted to do and it just what is what made my heart happy that I quit my job on October 30th and we've kind of just hit the ground running. And it's been, it's been really incredible to like realize the impact that I have by just being who I am, but also all of the work that I had put in my entire life about managing people and setting boundaries and crucial conversations and knowing my worth, just things that I had learned along the way through my other jobs have come in. I never realized how impactful they were going to be on this platform and having this type of, of job. So it just, it has, it has become insane. I've paid off almost all of my debt and now I'm, I really get this year to kind of focus on how I want to build my brand and what good I'm going to do with it. So it has been a whirlwind of two, two and a half years, but something that was really, really terrible ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me.
0: Okay. So I love that story because that's literally exactly what happened to me. (laughs) And I think it's, so valuable. So for me, like literally same thing. I worked all day, nine to four 30 walk in to, you know, actually I didn't even, I literally worked. <laughs> I had lunch with all my bosses, all of this, like everything was fine. Four thirty rolls around. I get pulled into an office and they're like, we're letting you go. I was like, what, what? And so, you know, I only did work part-time at this place, but it was basically full-time. Like I was working like 30 hours a week while I was in school doing all these things. So I was like, oh my God. And I was in my third year of school and I already at that point had so much experience in the industry just because like I was always hungry for it. And I was like, all right, well, (laughs) what am I going to do now? And that's when I also started TikTok. And then I had a video in like December-ish, go super viral, same thing. Woke up the next day with like 40,000 followers. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so I think that what's really valuable that happened to both of us is that we kind of got forced for a lack of a better word into something that I don't think, like when I think back personally, I don't think I would have quit my job to go full time. I was kind of forced into it. (laughs) And then now I love what I do. But it was just like the good divine intervention timing that has put me in the place that I am today, and I, I, love-
1: I definitely wouldn't have quit either. Like I don't, I don't think I realized how miserable I actually was until I was, you know. You, I, I feel like people think about jobs as being, ma- like mandatory, because uh-huh. essentially the world runs yeah. on money and you have to, you know, pay your bills. But I think we just, I got myself to such a stagnant point where I was like, well, what else do I do if I don't do this? So it was like, when, when I lost my job, it really put into perspective to like how much I gave to that job, like seven years working for that company. I didn't make enough money. I worked far more hours than I, sh- than I ever should have. I missed out opportunities for my life. I suppressed any type of creativity that I had, I missed out on, on experiences with my family. I skipped work or I skipped things with, um, my husband to be at work. I broke so many promises because I was in a sales position. So I, I, some days I just had no choice, but to be there. And I was mentally not doing well. I was, I didn't take care of myself. I focused hard. I had re- literally was the definition of diving face first into work. And that was, that was it. Even working in a gym, like I still mm-hmm. wasn't consistent with my exercise. I was still, I was great at helping other people do it because self love is so important to me. But I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't have time for myself. I wasn't focusing on any of that. So when I had nothing but time, it was like an impactful moment for my life where I was like, okay, shit, like, yes, it's scary. You're almost 30. But at the same time, like you're almost 30. And what, what, what do you have to show for that? Like, where, who have you impacted? What have you missed out on? You know, what do you have to share with the world? And then when TikTok came along, it was like, okay, cool. Like, let's, let's see you know it it was really put into perspective how although big the world is how small and how many people also share very similar feelings and how not alone because I think for a long time I felt so alone in what I was going through Mm -hmm. that when when the platform came it was like holy shit the majority of the people this feel this way like the majority of the people of people go through and feel the exact same things that I'm feeling but now I have a platform where I can make people feel welcome and make them laugh after a tough day and show them the things that I think are most important. So it's been, yeah, I never would have quit. And that's <laughs> crazy for me to say. And it's crazy for me to say, because like you said, looking back on it, like I, I never would have. So I was very much forced into it, but it was the best thing that that literally ever happened to me. So.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I feel completely the exact same way. And I have friends who had also similar situations and it sucks in the moment, but they definitely do look back and they're like, "That's the best thing that really ever happened to me, and that changed my life." So yeah. I love that you're also feeling like that because I know it's like so scary <laughs> because you're like, "What it's am I?"
1: Terrifying. To do? <laughs> Especially it's because- terrifying because it's the same idea of like when we talk about body positivity and or just like being plus size in general, like society tells you you need a job. Society tells you you need to pay your bills and you need something consistent and that you don't have to like what you do and that you you just need something. And I feel like a lot of people settle and don't really sift through the things to find what they're truly passionate about. And I wholeheartedly, obviously this is like long-term goal but I wholeheartedly feel like if money was not an issue and people could truly choose the things that they wanted to do, regardless of the education that it took and the money that it took to get there or the resources, that if everybody was actually doing the things that they were passionate about, this world would be... 10 times the world that we are living in Mm -hmm. like just if you think about the people who want to be nurses and doctors but can't afford to do it but would be literally incredible could could people who could be like breaking ground on you know cures and things but just can't afford to do it or you know are told that that's not what's in the path for them I just think there's so many ways to and it's obviously not everybody can do it but I just think that there it's a lot there's a lot of people stuck in jobs that don't bring them joy and don't bring them passion. And when they do find that thing that truly lights up their life, that they end up lighting up so many other people's lives because of it. And I just think that there needs to be more focus on that. You know, I just paid off debt for an education that I'm never going to use. So (laughs) like it's that, that just putting that into perspective, right? Like it's, you know, it's, I, I didn't even finish my degree. But I felt so forced into needing to get one that I did it or I, I did part of it. So it's like, I just, I feel like if, if everybody focused more on the things that bring them joy, that they, that the world would just be a, a, a way better place than it is.
0: I absolutely agree. And I think that social media too really is giving a lot of people way more chances, right? Like arguably, like we are not that, you know, crazy talented or like special or anything like that. But we've had the opportunity to grow these incredible platforms and impact all these people. And it literally goes to show like anyone can do it. It's just a matter of, you know, consistency, getting yourself out there, like dedicating yourself to the work. And I think that with social media, it is, you know, it's an easy but not easy job. Whereas like you can really grow a platform like quickly, like you have like a massive platform in under a year or a year Mm -hmm. and a bit and you know now you're doing what you love and so th- the same thing can go for so many other people like pe- i've seen so many tiktoks about people who are like this time last year like i really wanted to get into nursing school or something like that but i couldn't afford it and then they become like massive influencers and they're making this like paycheck and they're like i got into nursing school and you're like this is so crazy that like this yeah. is like accessible like this now almost in a way so i love i'm a big proponent for social media and following your dreams and everything that you also just said I think that we are really moving out of a traditionalist lens of what life should look like in terms of jobs and what we do with our lives and you know speaking of traditionalist lenses Mm -hmm. something that you talk about you know or that you even share with all of us is your marriage and I think you all are fantastic every time I see your videos I'm like this is so fucking funny I love you guys um I think the internet you really like are like our married couple. (laughs) like (laughs) You guys are like, I love you. The marriage is everything. So what I love about how you guys share, for one, you guys are very transparent on like married life. And I love that because I think that too, like a lot of people who speak on marriage, like either speak on it very glamorized or they speak on it like very negatively because either they're, you know, trying to portray that they're this super happy married couple and maybe they are. And that's like, whatever. But then the only other side that we hear about marriage is like divorce and how much people like hate marriage. And I think that you guys are such a good, (laughs) just like example of what real life marriage is like, because, you know, it's not like you guys are coming on here every day and being like, we are so happy and this is our (laughs) like fantastic marriage. And we're still in the honeymoon stage after X, Y, Z years. And we never fight. And it's just like, so that like that shit is so unrealistic but I love how you guys literally show it all (laughs)
1: no I want to kill him on a regular basis so it's not (laughs) it's not I just think that it's so important in a world where for us when we decided the way our platform was going to go I just think in a world where things are viewed as fake and traditional and that there we would have been nothing if we weren't ourselves and I want to meet people and have conversations with people and people really like holy shit like she's just like this online or this is who she really is because I I don't think that we get that I think we meet people who we see online and and we they're not who they portray themselves as because I feel again I feel like in society we feel like we can't be ourselves and be successful, that we can't be ourselves and, you know, have a following or build a platform. And that's really important to me that when I share my life with him, that I share who we are, because that's the best part about who we are is who we are. Like there's no, you know, like it's, there's no, there's nothing fake to really, you know, I could post overly obnoxious, lovey-dovey things, but that's not who. That's not who we are. Like, that's not, we don't, I don't get flowers on a random Tuesday. I get my feet rubbed every single night, but like, I don't get random flowers on a Tuesday. Like, and that's, everybody views like languages of love as, as these, you know, what we expect and the way it's glamorized in, in society and on TV, when realistically, like, you got to figure that out on your own. That's not the way that the way that I expect to be honored in my relationship is not the way you are going to be expecting to be honored in yours. Just like it's not the same as Scott expects to be honored in his relationship. But I just think it's so important that if we showcase how diverse relationships actually are, people will stop trying to hold themselves to a standard, which is just so unrealistic.
0: Absolutely. And I think that is that advice specifically is very applicable to so many things that me and you both talk about. For example, you know, your body and society and how people are very, I feel like half of of the people are like very stuck in like the fucking stone age and half of the people are like (laughs) super supportive and fantastic. And it's just a matter of fielding that every day. But yeah, I, I completely agree because, you know, I think what's really valuable, especially on the internet is authenticity and honesty because for so long, social media was kind of just like the highlight reel of life but Mm -hmm. I really love that it's really transitioning into an honest space to have honest conversations and be vulnerable and like attract those like-minded people to have the conversations when you're like, hey, like life isn't always perfect and it doesn't have to be, and that's life. (laughs) Yeah. And so something that when I saw this story, I was like, I know I need to have you on the podcast. So like I said, you guys share so much of, of your life and your marriage and your relationship. And when I saw that you guys, you know weren't really following those like traditionalist ideas of getting married and having kids, I was like, "Oh my God, I need to have you on the podcast because I also am in the position where I just like, I don't know really, even if I want kids. like right now i'm a, I'm a pretty hard ten out of ten don't want kids. but also, like I'm not in a committed relationship or married or anything. So like who knows? but, I loved the conversations that you have and continue to have around it because, you know, I imagine you guys feel a lot of societal pressure because you guys are married to then, you know, have children. So I would love to hear just like everything about it, (laughs) you know, how the the response has been from people on social media, what, why your guys' choice is to not have children. If it's a hundred percent thing, if it's like a, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Like I would love to hear the whole tea
1: <laughs> well like we I like to be very completely honest we've been together so since so we've been together since we were 16 years old we thought we wanted kids and we and looking back at it I think we thought we had to have kids and I think those are two very different things I don't think we thought we wanted them I think we thought we had to have them so like we had names picked out like we had names of uh, first names middle names of what our kids were going to be named. And, and up until even the point that we got married, I think we were under the impression that we were going to get married and want kids. But every time we had the conversation, it was always, I don't really know. Or I don't, I don't think. Or um, I'm not really sure. And I think for me, that unsureness that I feel comes from the fact that I feel like I should want them and that was like a big eye-opener for me because I feel like a lot of people feel unsure because they are confused as to why they don't want them when realistically it's like I don't I don't feel drawn to being a mother just like I don't feel drawn to being a doctor just like I don't feel drawn to being a teacher or I don't feel drawn to being a lawyer those things just don't speak to my heart they don't speak to who I am and I I when I picture and we envision ourselves, and that's kind of how we figured out that children weren't what something we wanted in the long term is because when we we're very goal oriented. So when we sit down and like we'll sit down and be like, okay, where do we see ourselves in five years, or where do we see ourselves in ten years? And when we did that after our wedding, neither of us said kids. It was travel. It was travel, pay off debt, like have a solid relationship, may, build a time. Like there was just so many things that just didn't involve children. I think that that was a big aha moment for us to be like, okay, maybe we don't have to do this the way that we originally thought we had to. And there's no in particular reason. And I find it so funny because having these conversations, people feel like there needs to be a, a why like, a, like when people are like, do you want kids? And I say no. And they're like, why? And I'm like, there doesn't need to be, be a why. <laughs> if you ask me if I want to be a teacher and I say, no, you're not going to ask me why. You're just going to be like, okay, cool. Because that's just not for everybody. So I just feel like parenting falls under this thing that's like expected when realistically like there's, it's, I think that people should want to be parents when they become parents. I feel like out of all of the things you'll ever do with your life, if you want to be a parent, that's very important. If you don't want to be one, then that's, you know, that's, that's also your prerogative. And I just think that a lot of this, like you said, comes from people being so stuck in the history Mm -hmm. that they can't move forward with what it can actually look like and what the, you know, the world should look like going forward i think there's a lot of, i know i know this for a fact that there are a lot of parents who have had kids that slide into my dms to say that they wish they would have known when they were kids that they didn't have to have children not that they don't love their children not that they are glad that they have them but they wish that they would have had a choice when they were younger and Mm -hmm. that it would have been more normalized because they think that their life could have been different. And I think that that's so important to recognize because a lot of people are taken back by that being like, you don't love your kids. You don't, you didn't want your kids. You don't, there are lots of parents who didn't want their kids and got them and love them and are great parents. And that's very important to also recognize too. Mm -hmm. But there's, there are a lot of parents that just, became parents because they thought they had to become parents and again like when we were talking about it earlier about doing things that bring you joy and you are passionate about I think that if people are given the choice that they can choose something different for their their life then but a lot of people choose parenthood because they think it's what they're supposed to do and that just we just decided it wasn't and it took a lot of time Like it took a lot of time, like telling my parents that that's not something we wanted and, and having those conversations with family who would be like, oh, you'll change your mind or, oh, you, you just don't know yet, or you're going to miss out on so much, or you don't even know what love is. And I'm just like, it's, but that's not what it's about. Like, I don't want to bring a child in this life so I can figure out what love is. Like, that's not, I'm very much in love. I'm very much in love with my husband and I'm very much in love with my nephew and I'm very much in love with. You know my honorary nieces and nephews from my friends in my life, and that brings me so much joy, and that brings Scott and I so much joy that it's like I think that if if it were any sign for us wanting kids, that being surrounded by them like this would make us want them, and it doesn't. It did. We feel so content with what we have that it's you know it's just not on the radar for us, and and I think that people is the problem specifically with asking about children and and being in. Um, that type of conversation is that a lot of people just aren't ready for the answer. Like, and this goes for like anybody who is, you know, struggling to conceive, can't conceive, doesn't want to be a mom. A lot of people ask the question, do you want kids? Or um, when are you having kids? Not even asking a question. (laughs) When are you having kids and are prepared for the, I can't, I don't want them. I can't have them. I miscarried eight times. Uh-huh. like people people are not ready for the answer to that question, and I think that it's we need to to destigmatize not being a parent and we need to stigmatize asking that question like that is an intrusive if you're asking about my uterus, that's an intrusive question
0: absolutely absolutely. And so yeah, I completely agree with you on this because when you said, you know, I'm just not drawn to being a mother the same way I'm not drawn to being a doctor or a teacher. I've never thought of it like that, but I'm realizing like, really, that's how I feel. I've been in long-term committed relationships. Like I was engaged, like I was about to get married, all of this, like, and, you know, we had conversations about children, but I'm looking back and I'm realizing like my heart was never really in it because I'm not drawn to be a mother. And I think I know this for me personally because like I am selfish with my own time and my own life. And I also don't even think that's a bad thing to admit because I would rather be it's selfish not. with my own time than bring a child into the world and then still be the same. Cause then, you know, then you have all the people who are like, you're so selfish. Like, da, 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 da. like you're not putting and your here's the thing. Your life into your child. And I'm like,
1: <laughs> you the and for a lot of people, like if I got pregnant and I get this question all the time, which is just essentially just people asking me how I feel about abortion. (laughs) If I got pregnant, people will always be like, but what happens if you got pregnant? Well, we've been having sex for 14 years and I haven't even had one single pregnancy scare. So I think I'm doing okay. And I, but if I were to get pregnant for us, we would keep the baby and we would be parents. And we've talked about that because when you choose to have sex, that is something that can happen. So Uh it's very much, you know, it's very much a risk um, that can happen for a lot of people. But if I did get pregnant, we would be parents and we'd be damn good ones. But just because I don't want kids doesn't mean I don't think I can do it or that I wouldn't be a great mom. It's that that is just not what I picture for myself. Mm -hmm. And same, same idea. Somebody told me tomorrow that I had to go to school to become a teacher, that they're going to pay for it. And they're going to put me through, do you know what I mean? I would be a good one because I take pride in the things that I do, Uh but it's, that's just not the avenue that I'm, I'm choosing to go down. So for me, and that's a conversation that we have had and people are always like, but how does Scott feel? And I'm like, I didn't dive into this fucking marriage without having a conversation. with my husband. <laughs> Like we didn't, we've always, we've spoken about it and we thought about it. And it was a thing that we, a decision we came to together, but we've always been indecisive about having kids. It was never like, we, even when we came up with names, it was like, if it happens, it was like, if we decide to be parents, it was never like a solidified, this will be the name of our kid when we have a baby. It was always, if we have kids, this would be the name. If we decide to have children, it was always a neutral you know, conversation, which is part of the reason why I felt so on the fence with it at first, because I've never been, I've never said a solid The only thing that I've said that's been definitive about being a parent is that I don't want to be one. (laughs) And that's like it's the only definite thing that I have said. And I think like I deserve to like honor that and we deserve to honor that. And I think the selfish part is honestly, it's such a difficult like topic, like to bring being selfish into it because I think that me knowing who I am and knowing the life that I want to live and knowing what I want and setting those boundaries and honoring them is, is probably the least selfish thing that I can do because Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm making the choice for the child that I could be bringing into the world. I'm making the choice. There's so many, it's two sided there. So like, and a lot of people would be like, Oh, it's, it's so selfish of you to not want children. And I'm like, yeah, but because I know who I am and I don't, I, I don't want want to, Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I want it. There's things that I want to do that don't involve children. Like I want to backpack in Europe. And as much as I'm sure there are parents who do that with kids, I'm not interested in sharing that experience with a child. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I, I, and again, and just like the things, the stigma that comes along with it, the minute you say you don't want kids, people assume that you say you don't like kids. And that's yeah. not the case. <laughs> there are plenty of parents that have their own kids that don't like other kids. <laughs> there is a, that's liking and wanting are two very different things. And I love children. I just don't want to grow one and I don't want to push one out of my vagina. Like, it's just not something yes. that. <laughs> I am. A, it's not something that I'm attracted to. And it, t- having that conversation with people can be very difficult. Like, like you said, like just showing people that it doesn't have to be that way, but it's like everything that we do. It's like, you know, how you started this conversation with like our body positivity and that movement and self-love like we're I feel like our generation has just has been spending and will continue to spend our lifetimes just educating people on the fact that everything we believed we needed to be is not who we need to be we just like need to be ourselves and we need to honor who we are and how we feel and you know the things we love and what bring, bring us joy and my nieces and nephews bring me joy and the thought of having a child does not. So it's <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to honor that. But yeah, my sister just had a baby. Um, he's ten, 11 weeks, 10 mm-hmm. weeks, somewhere in there. And he is the most perfect thing in the entire world. But my sister has talked about being a mother since we were kids. She has always been drawn to being a mom. I knew the minute she got married and the minute she put in enough hours as, as she was a teacher, and the minute she put in as many hours as she needed to be on that lead, that she would be trying to get pregnant. And she did. And now sh- I have a nephew and he is the most beautiful thing in the entire world. And he makes my heart so happy and I would give my life for him. I would push Scott in front of a moving car for him. But, <laughs> but, I, but I still don't want one. Like, I, I still don't. I still don't want one. I have the utmost respect for my sister and actually seeing her as a mother really reiterates the fact that that is not who I am. She is incredible at it and she is so wonderful and she has given up so much and her independence and her ability, I mean, to have a kid in the middle of a pandemic is just outrageous in general, but like she has been alone and the uncertainties and she is the toughest person I know. And I just don't see myself being as strong as she is and going through the things that she has and, and that doesn't make me any less it just I know that that's not something that would bring me joy and is something that I'm willing to do um and I just think that's so important to like realize that for a lot of women and I I feel like I was so unsure when I shared that I didn't want to have kids until the parents slid into my dms being like I wish I would have known that 25 years ago I love my kids but I never had a choice and I think that choosing to bring life into this world should be a choice.
0: I absolutely agree. And I love that you brought up, up about the parents like sliding into your DMs because I, you know, would love to ask you, did you really like, obviously sharing it on social media, especially to the to the platform that you have can be super scary, especially too, because having kids is such a polarizing opinion when it shouldn't be. But yeah. I would love to know, like if you have like off the top of your head, like one like crazy DM altercation that you had about this topic specifically, if you've had any.
1: Oh yeah. I had a lady slide into my DMs to tell me that it was my responsibility as a woman to bring a child into this world and that my husband was going to leave me because I didn't want to bear his, ch- his children. And like very much you would think that, uh, that comment was coming from somebody who was in like their sixties and their seventies it wasn't. It was coming from a lady who was in her thirties. Oh um, God. and I was, it was a very big moment for me to be like, holy shit. Like there are still people that think this way. And that is, that is absolutely mind boggling because I just assume that those traditions and the way people feel like that, like we have alluded to all like during this entire conversation is that it, it's in the, like it's sixties and up. Like it yeah. is people who are stuck in, in the stone age and it's, it's not, it's, it, there are people who have just been brought up to feel like that's who they have to be. And that's not the case. So I, I, um, I had that conversation with her and I did my best, I do my best to try to educate and be kind and caring, because I think that that's super important. And is that I don't, same thing in the realm of my body positivity and who I am, am, and how I've gotten to where I am. I've been brought up this way. And I've been brought up to, to feel like I don't need to have kill, children. And I, even though like parts of my life, I felt like I needed to, I've been brought up with enough independence to know that I don't have to. And I brought up, been brought up with enough, you know, independence and and, uh, confidence to know that it's okay for me to be plus size. But the same world that, that brought me up and told me I had to have kids is also the same world that's bringing up all of these people thinking they have to. So when they're feeling a certain way, it's not my job to, you know, to bash them or to tear them down about it because it's the same world that I'm living in there's a reason why they feel the way that they feel and it's important to recognize that that's the way that they were raised or the way that they've been brought to believe but it's also very important to recognize that that their their opinion is not the only one in the world and at some point like we have to kind of change the narrative and bring that conversation to a common ground my uterus is mine and mine only and the decisions that get made about it will always and forever be mine so I I always vet the people who Send me those messages, and it made a lot of sense when I went to her profile as to why the the way she felt, the way she felt, and the thing like in terms of like what I told myself, very religious and very you know lots yeah. of things. But again, lots of things that I feel are stuck in the sixties. Like you know, I'm all for religion, but I think that the world develops and grows and things need to change and alter and also develop with it. those, you know, with the world. So it was, it was a tiresome conversation because she was very sure like my husband was going to leave me. And I was like, I was like, I hate to tell you, but we've been together for 14 years. And if me not having a kid was going to send him out the door, it it would have happened a long time ago. So (laughs) I'm not, I'm not too, too worried about it, but yeah, she was very much like your job is you have to. And I'm yeah. like, but I
0: don't. <laughs> Literally, I don't. But I
1: don't have to, so. <laughs> but I, d- I don't and I won't, so, you know.
0: Um, I know you mentioned earlier too, you had to kind of talk through your decision of not having children with your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that go for you?
1: Um, It was never a traditional like sitting down because I don't feel like I owe that to my parents. Like I don't think, this isn't a decision to like buy a house or change my career or where they're going to have to like support me. I literally just said to my mom, okay, I need to be clear. Like we don't want kids. So the passive aggressive remarks or the things, not even passive aggressive remarks because she felt like, I think when you're a parent and I'm the oldest, Mm-mm. so if anybody was going to have a kid, it was going to be me first. Um, and I I also have to realize too that, like, when you're when you're coming from your family, like, it's different from a stranger because, like, you don't know me, you have no investment in who I am, you don't, you didn't raise me. But when it come when it was coming from my family, it was like, yes, yes, it's you're, you know, stepping on my boundaries when you're saying those things. But I also have to realize that that's a dream that they have to, right? Like, my mom wants to be a grandmother. And she is one now, obviously with my sister, but she wants to be a grandmother. So when she says, oh, I can't wait for you to have kids or I can't, because she's lived her life picturing something and picturing her life 10 years from now, which involved me having kids. So when you say that you're not having them, that's that's also a learning curve that you have to be okay with letting your family accept, because that's not... It's not fair to just, you know, as much as it's not fair for them to like keep pressuring me into it, it's also not fair for me to just assume that the minute I say, no, I don't want them, that they just are going to accept that. Like they're also realizing that things that they thought and believed for so long are also not going to come true. And that's not a bad thing, especially not when it comes to like being a grandparent or Wanting to see your child raise a kid and um, just like there's other things that come along with it. Like I had to be soft when I said I don't want kids because I never wanted my mother to ever think that my choice to not want children had anything to do with my childhood. And a lot of people will throw that out there and be like, did you have a terrible childhood? And I'm like, no, I had a freaking wonderful childhood. And my parents gave up so much for me to have the things that I want. And my parents were there for every little thing. And I'm so grateful for that. But when I picture who I am, that is not me. And it's like, if I were to bring a child into this world, I would want to do everything they did for me. And that's not where my heart sits. So it's, yeah, like it was more so like, acknowledging the comments and just each time the comments were coming with, Oh, when are you going to have kids or, Oh, you're going to want to have kids just saying like, no, I'm not like, we're not having kids. And just people think it's a joke when you say you don't want them or no, you're not having them. Like they just still like, they just assume that it's like a joke that you're playing because everybody wants kids. So when I finally had said, you know, I'm not having kids, that's not something we want. Um, they started to, to really kind of take back, like take a step back and honor that boundary. And I was, I was, um, at the Legion with my mother one night and a lady said, Oh, you'll change your mind. And my mom actually stepped in to say, Nope, she won't, that this she doesn't want children. I love and, that. and that was a big moment for me because like, she had never really protected that thought for me. Like she had never really protected Or honored that for me and not in a bad way, but just it was never, it had never been brought up in a conversation where she needed to. And like, that was a big moment for me to be like, okay, like she gets it. And she has never really said anything about it ever since. So it's like, it's honoring those boundaries, but also honoring the people who are, who deserve or I shouldn't say deserve, but it's also honoring the people who have a right to have an opinion on it in a sense that like they're very invested in who you are. Like my parents are invested who I am. They want the best for me. They love me. So if they see me as being a parent, that's because they love who I am and they've always thought that for me. So when I tell them that I don't want that, I need to give them time to accept that and understand it and not be you know, condescending and mean. Whereas when a stranger has an opinion on my uterus, I prefer to tell them to just shut the (laughs) Uh, the f up right like it's it's just being you know it's a it's a touchy subject and it's they just like my mom honored me and has come to amends with it I have to honor her her you know hopes for me and the way she pictured my life going is also coming to an end so it's like it's it's a very delicate subject but it's also like super important too
0: yeah I I'm very happy that you had that experience with your family. Cause I know there's some other people that I know that their families are super adamant about them having children. And it's not even, I feel like it, it comes from a place of really not even being like, we want to be, we want to be grandparents so bad. I think that a lot of people have this complex about um, carrying on their like lineage, which is, I don't, I think unfair <laughs> to the people who are at the bottom of the totem pole. Cause like, they're the ones who have to bear the the ch- literal children because their family wants them to like continue on their name and their heritage and X, Y, Z, which like, I can understand from both sides, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, I'm of the, of the opinion that like you said, like, it's my uterus, it's my choice. (laughs) Like I'm not going to have a kid because my family is like, you should have children. And for me, like my family has never really been like, yo, you need to have children. Like in my family, my Mom has four other siblings. The oldest is her brother. And then my mom is the youngest. And so my mom has me and my younger sister. And then her older brother has two twin girls. And then all the siblings in between like aren't married, don't have children, nothing. So we have like a very interesting dichotomy in our family. And two, like I'm the oldest out of all of the children and all of the cousins. So It's kind of, I think like for my grandma, she'll like ask little things here and there because it's kind of getting to the point for me where she's like, like, are you seeing anyone like all of this X, Y, Z and you know, I wish I was a little bit gentler when I told them I don't want kids, but I really was just like, I'm not having children. And my family was like kind of upset about that for a bit. I don't really think it was upset with the fact that like I don't want kids. It was probably a little bit more with my delivery of it. (laughs) But uh, now they're fine. And like, so my little sister, she's 10 years younger than me, so she's 14. However, like she's already been like, I want to be a mom and I want to be around kids. And I want to be like a, like she wants to be like a pediatric nurse. And I'm like, I will never love kids the way that you love kids. And I'm happy that you love kids like that because like that means when you're older and you want to have kids, like you will love every second of it versus me right now. I just don't, I don't have that love (laughs) towards having children and I think my family has really come to terms with it and they're just like okay it is what it is and like we have a bunch of other cousins and a bunch of other like siblings and they can do all the the name passing on because frankly like I'm not going to
1: (laughs) and it's like that and I find that such a crock of crap anyways when it comes like you're literally passing down a name that's it you're not you're that's that's it. You're passing on a name because when you conceive a child with another human being, it is no longer of direct lineage of you anyways. Like it's not like you're splitting it. It's not the same. It's not the same. And it's literally just a name. So I like, I understand people's attachments, but like it's, there's so many other ways I'd rather honor myself than, and that should be more important to my last name and who I am than to choose to bring a child in this world just so that they can have a last name and, and like be in the world in general. And I don't think like, I want you to know that I don't think that your delivery is ever wrong in those situations, because I think it's also important for people to realize that it is a naturally defensive conversation because we build it up because we assume people, people assume that we should. So when somebody comes to you and says, when are you having kids or you're you'll change your mind, they're essentially arguing with who you are and what you believe in and that's a passionate thing so you're allowed to be as as defensive or assertive with that conversation as you want to and that's on the rest of the, the people to honor that and respect it and I think sometimes it does take a stirring I don't want kids we're not having this conversation for people to be like okay we're done having this conversation and really truly honor it because people will push the boundaries as jokes for you know, however long they want to. But when you sometimes you do need to say, like, no, this is who I am. This is what I want. And I need you to respect it. And it'll come along. And I just think it's met with such, you're, you always assume that when somebody says, do you want kids and you say no, I'm naturally defensive because I'm already ready because I know what I'm going to be met with when that conversation, when that conversation, when I say no, I already know that I'm going to have to educate at that point. So definitely don't, don't beat yourself up with that delivery because I think it's so important that like we we realize that like that's a natural instinct in those type of positions because we already know what the people are going to think because society tells us we should. So when we, when you meet Gary type of conversation to be having with people in general, right? So it's uh and everybody's different. I definitely was stirring in my conversation with my mom, but I think it was less of a conversation, more of a remark. And it's just, I'm, I'm 31 years old. I'm not popping. I'm I, for me, it's like, I'm, I have made the decision like my parents were young when they had me if I was going to have kids I'd want to create something similar to what I had with them and it's that's not you know I've always I'm going to throw a left curveball here I've always (laughs) wanted to fall I've always wanted to foster kids always oh always I've always wanted to be a foster parent I've always loved the idea of supporting children because I I originally I was in school for child and youth. I know what a demand there is for foster kids in general. I think Scott and I would be wonderful examples for a foster child Mm. in terms of like loving and respecting in our relationships and the boundaries. But I'm not interested in raising a child. I love the idea of having an impact in a child's life and supporting them until they can find the family that they deserve and want, but I'm not interested in having my own. So I always confuse people when I say that because you feel like it's something similar, but I think that it's also very different. Like, I, I think it's an also very different type of like experience. So if Scott and I turn 45 and we feel like we've missed out on having a child in our life, then I will foster a child and I will make that decision then and I will support, you know, a, a kid who needs help finding the right home and developing in a loving, in a loving atmosphere. And like, I know I can do that, but I'm not interested in being responsible for one, <laughs> for their entire <laughs> life, for their entire life and their entire being. So and that's like, that's a whole other thing. We definitely talked about that. And that's the that's first time I've ever actually like really mentioned it openly because again, it adds a whole other layer to not wanting kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just also goes to show that liking and wanting are two very different things I love and respect children enough to know that I think that I would be a great example for one if they were in need and I had the time to do that and I could help support a transition into a new home or or whatever that might be but I I still don't want to have one for the rest of my life so Mm -hmm. short short term right that ability to kind of have love support and be with but also not be my responsibility forever
0: Absolutely, I I absolutely love that. I love this whole conversation that we had because, you know, I feel like you are very like me in the in the similarity of if you have an opinion or not even an opinion. Like you are so secure in yourself and your choices and where you see your life that it's really easy to have these types of conversations because, like like we talked about earlier, even with jobs, like you really took the time to figure out what you want, what you want out of your life. And at the end of the day, like no one's opinions are going to sway you from what you really yeah, mean, somebody, love that. Somebody
1: called me defensive in my story the other day, like it was true or false. And somebody was like, you're defensive. And I'm like, everybody's defensive, first of all, because when you're challenged on things that you're passionate about, it's a defensive situation because I know my who I am. But I, and my last paragraph, and it's something that I will always stand true to, is that I am far too confident in my message and what i believe in to have anybody try to alter my narrative or or change my narrative or try to i am you can educate me if if we're talking about things that i need to be educated on because i do not know everything but if you're challenging my view on me not having children or my view on my relationship with my body or my view on my relationship with the gym you're not you're no longer educating you're challenging things I know about who I am and I think it's so important that I think defensive is a word that people use um specifically for women who believe in themselves and know what they're what they want and who they are and I um yeah that was a that was a funny one because I just I the person was not being mean. they just said I I feel like you're defensive and I'm like I feel like you feel indefensive because I stick up for myself and I think Mm -hmm. that that's I think that that's super important to like actually recognize in a situation I'm not defensive when somebody comes to me and says you shouldn't have used that term I'm not defensive when somebody comes to me and says you've offended me I'm not offensive like I'm not defensive when someone says here's an article on the topic you were talking about I get defensive when someone says you are not right about your desire to have kids you're not right about your relationship with your body you're not because those are two very like very different things and I think the world needs to move in a direction of like honoring women who know what they want mm. because, you know, I, I have a path. I know where I'm headed. I'm passionate about it. And I don't you, the way you feel is a direct reflection of yourself and
0: nobody else. So absolutely. I love that. That is a fantastic little uplifting speech to end the podcast off on I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast I'm very excited to have you here and before we go I would love for you to you know pimp yourself out to the audience where can everybody find you how can they support you what's the tea
1: yeah so you can find me on tiktok and which is just at alicia McCarvel. instagram is the same at alicia McCarvel, and on youtube at the McCarvels, which we are purchasing our first camera today so that we can start getting some permanent vlogs up there, which I'm super excited about. Um, But yeah, those are my my biggest platforms. Follow and join the, the community and let me know if you're like looking for certain topics and conversations. And I feel like, I've done a pretty good job of creating this little interactive community that kind of keeps me busy. So I'd be excited to have you.
0: Amazing. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I'm, I'm very happy that we had the chance to sit down and talk.
1: Me too. I'm super, I like, I was just such an important conversation. I think it's, and it's super needed to kind of get out there for people too. So, um, I'm grateful that you had me on here and I'm now going to go Google search playlist.
0: To figure <laughs> Yes. <out. laughs> That is it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to screenshot this episode and share it over on Instagram and tag me at hey Bitches Podcast. I would absolutely love to chat shit with you guys in the DMs about today's episode. Before you go, make sure to subscribe to Hey Bitches wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are an Apple Podcast listener, make sure to give the show a five-star rating and review. It really does help me out and I would really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have an incredible day. And for now, bye-bye, bitch.